Hi, we are Julie and the podcasters, Angie, Essie, Inga and Laila, and we're going to rank all the episodes from the Netflix show Julie and the Phantoms today. I'm Inga. I'm Laila. I'm Angie. And I'm Essie. And today we have a guest. Um, we have M Lane today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Um, hi, I'm M. My general qualifications include being a third year film major. Um, <laughs> So I will both qualify them on the fact that I am just a good whore for content, and um, but we can also get analytical about this. <laughs> All right, just so you oh, know, I also am a film major. Well, I already Yay! graduated, but yeah, one of my... We have two. There you Great, go. this will be actually, um, like, there will actually be metrics for this. Another one. Another one. Well, pretend. <laughs> it's right. not about pretending. Like I show, I, show, I show my table, and everyone will be like, "Yeah, that sounds very professional." And it's not. I yeah, wish yeah. you guys could see her table and her points. I really, <laughs> <laughs> like compared to Andy's. Like I literally just wrote them. <laughs> Look at that. It's a mess. But I had to find some ranking, man. Otherwise, I just literally, I literally just wrote the list that. down. Oh, I don't I have even. I have DB up on my phone, and I'm just gonna go based <laughs> on gut reactions. Oh my god, great. Because, Amazing. Because, I don't want to spoil, but it's right here. Because like my my general consensus with the with the show as a whole is that it is not easily consumed in episode chunks. No. Consider it just like a four-hour decom. Yeah. And that's like the best way. Like they just cut it where the act breaks were or like right. this like the major scene breaks were. Mm -hmm. Um, rather than trying to like watch it as like an episode by episode. Like you could not produce this sort of show as a weekly show. You have no. to do it in this like binge drop format. Otherwise, it's either that or it's a four hour long decom and a lot of shit would have had to have gotten cut um which is sort of like my basis for like um how i'm ranking them is like if this were released as a true to form like decom which uh disney channel original movie um what would i think would be the episode with the most cut out of it you know mm -hmm. yeah who wants to start well last time we started with the guest um, did you did you listen to the episode with the songs yeah yeah um clearly there's a lot of contention there <laughs> <laughs> Though I, I I would also put Dirty Candy's songs on like the lower tier just because like they're not the focus of the show you know so they're they're written they're better written than most like you know side products like I was actually really impressed that they got some like production value to them because so common like the sh the songs for the villain archetypes are always like yeah. poorly produced and like that's part of the shtick is that it's like they're all money and flash but they have no like actual talent but no Carrie's actually talented like that's a genuinely like I'm looking at it and I'm like oh Kenny you've learned <laughs> exactly he did Sharpay dirty now he's redeeming himself with Miss Carrie Wilson yeah um so my my number nine is I got the music this is not edited I we were all <laughs> quiet because that was insulting we have to accept that like in any case like none of these episodes are bad but if we're going from the sheer standpoint of like if this were a two-hour movie what would be the episode with the most cut out of it i have a feeling that i got the music would be the most that got cut out of it like yes i got the music and it's accompanying 10 minute dream five minute dream sequence um or so three you tell me the museum date is your last episode your least favorite the museum date <laughs> Well, like, like, I appreciate it, but you have to admit that, like, in any other movie, they wouldn't get that. They wouldn't get that date. They'd get it condensed into a montage at a later date, um, if they got anything at all. Because let's face it, Disney are still cowards, and they wouldn't allow this couple to last as long as they did. Luckily, um, they are not 
Disney. Yeah, like, like the, so the fact that Netflix has it means they get that little, they get the date, they get the whole like this is explicitly coded as romantic as compared to something where it would be like, no, this is just like a fleeting. If the fans read into it, the fans read into it, and we'd get like a word of God after the fact, being like, yes, they're gay, um, or at least yes, they're queer. So, um, I got the music and it's dream sequence. Wow really kind of cool and funky and I was sitting there going okay did we just dip did we just lose all because you've been pretty grounded up into that point and I was like did we just lose our sense of reality for 10 minutes and then it's like (laughs) five minutes later it's like oh no that was a dream sequence okay (laughs) also I got the music is probably one of my least favorite songs yeah yeah we all agree here it's just like it's 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 like it's like opening the episode on that note which is kind of a weird one uh and I like I again I appreciate the museum date and I and I, I I appreciate that they had to set up the whole like we're gonna try and dick on Trevor sort of thing of like oh whoops Trevor's Carrie's dad you know we we have to but set you're up kind of right in the we have to set up these sorts of things but at the same time I'm also like this is kind of a weird episode pacing wise. Hmm. Yeah, and Owen did say they cut the date. Like, there was more to the episode, and they did cut it down. Yeah. So, like, the fact that it's already been cut so much means it's got this, like, weird and choppy pacing. And in, like, if, again, if we're if we're pitching it as Julie and the Phantoms is really a four-hour-long made-for-TV movie um, that just how happened to get released into nine episodes on a streaming service, then it's probably the one that gets the most taken out of in the final cut. Yeah. yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not as upset anymore, but I'm so upset. <laughs> <laughs> We have to acknowledge that, like, this is like a nine. This is like a from. Uh, we're going from a scale of like absolutely flawless television to like, yeah, that was pretty solid. And as compared to like a, this was pretty good to an, oh god, I never want to watch this ever again. Like the scale is different. So yeah. the nine here is still like it was like, yeah, it was a pretty solid, fun hour of television. It's still the top ten. Yeah. Well, there is no more. Than There's that. no ten. So. <laughs> So technically, they're all the top tenth, ten. The tenth, the tenth is all the bonus content they've been giving us instead of giving us an actual uh, season two renewal announcement. <laughs> they are in, are they Christmas four episode. months in? Like, when are they going to do that? When are they going to do it? I think they're trying to see how the pandemic settles out and once the pandemic... Probably, kind of, yeah. Like, I think yeah, once they've got a vaccine going and once LA is kind of... Because, like, LA is spiking as all hell. Um, yeah, but they don't film in LA. Canada doesn't want people in. Uh-huh. Yeah, Canada, yeah. Canada's... Also- Understandably, to be honest. Yeah, so Ontario is spiking like high heaven. I think uh, Vancouver is too. So like Vancouver and Toronto are kind of both hotspots right at the moment. Canada's like, keep these Americans out. I find it really funny if they think they already announced it, but they just forgot. So they're like, oh yeah, people are going out. They no, nobody knows. That feels very in character. But the thing is, is if that if if that were the case, then you know Charlie would have leaked it already. (laughs) Honestly, Owen would have leaked it. Owen would have leaked it. Yeah, Yeah. they all would have. Maddie would have made a TikTok about it already. Honestly, I'm not sure if uh, Maddie's dad wouldn't have leaked it. Oh yeah, he would somewhere. Probably on his personal personal Facebook somewhere, just saying there's a season two. Like exactly, that's the oh one thing that like is like holding out that like maybe they're still. I just out. realized we're all ranking our the episodes on different bases. Love that, yeah. <laughs> because the way I <laughs> that's rank the my point episodes... that we never actually um agree on any like we we don't plan this. This no, we is all we didn't agree on what to rank them based upon. And I'm just looking at my list and listening to M talk, and I'm like, yeah, they're not the same. Like the way I picked out my Johns is for like how frustrated I was watching the episode. How <laughs> 
delighted it made me feel. That's okay. me. I can actually, if you want, I can lead into my number nine because you said how frustrated you were. Mine is the other side of Hollywood. Me, me, me too. Me too. <laughs> wow. Okay. Why? Yeah. Talk uh, Essie so I could go, please. Um, it's just like at first I was like maybe I don't completely. Like, I love the episode. I love the scene. I love the entire idea of you know the ghost club. Um, but watching it and then like, going back to like I can't even enjoy the scenes in the ghost club because the whole time I'm like what's happening at the dance? Like well, Julie, like Julie, this is making me so mad. Like that's the one thing that like made it less enjoyable for me because like I like the way they did that because it kind of focused on those two places but i just it's so so much anxiety from that the stress levels i was experiencing watching that episode for the first time oh my god yeah it's it's also a lot of secondhand embarrassment in that episode like with with um the interaction between julie and nick and also kind of with um flynn and julie at the dance like talking to the others and the one scene that will always make me cringe so much is the one where where alex um says willie and he have magic and it's just like ah that's so cute but that's so cute but it's yeah. so cute but it's so cringe and i think like, like, we have this like <laughs> Oh, and it's, you it's are- German, and we have a word for everything. We have a word for secondhand embarrassment, and it's fremdschem. And it's it's just every time I watch this, I'm like, ah, no, fremdschem, fremdschem, fremdschem. Let's say Jar Jar. That that is a very good thing. Okay, Angie, what's your number nine? Okay, my number nine. Well, so like, what I did with the songs, I had to put like certain criteria so that I can rank it in numbers and then based on, you know, however many totals they did. Because I had to rank it some ways, right? So most work all the time. I did a lot of work, unnecessary probably, but I had something, like I needed something to, I was like, because I love all of them. So I was like, how could I choose? You know, so I was like, I let math, let me choose it. So some of my parameters are like, how strong are they like narrative wise? Like, you know, how I, I try to measure as a standalone, but like, as you said, as M was saying, like, it's like a whole entire movie. So that's a little hard, but I still try it. There are a couple that work better as standalone episodes. And actually, my number one is the one that works best as, you know, as a, just as a single episode um, and then relevance to the season and stuff like that. Acting, I try, but like, I'm not an expert in acting. So like, you know, whatever was more noticeable, I was like, all right, I'm going to deduct you a point. And then I also added points here and there for things I like. So it's, it, it, there is some sort of criteria, but like at the same time, it's not. So my number nine is flying solo. It was the one that scored the least points, the least amount of points. Um, and the thing is that I just felt like it was simple. And like Em was saying, like if you were to cut that part, like it was very simple. They drag out the whole like uh, Flynn being mad about Julie. That was the whole, like one of the whole plots. And like they, they had like three, four scenes on that. And it was like drag out through an entire episode that I thought it was unnecessary. So yeah, that deducts some points. And like the other side of that plot point, the one redeemable thing of that episode, like that made it stand out, I guess not redeemable, is um, that we met Willie. It was the episode we met Willie, so that's obviously gets bonus True. point. Like I just felt like it was just too simple for the other like kind of parts that are throughout all the episodes. And so it scored the least there. Um and it got the least amount of points. So yeah, flying solo is my least favorite episode. You need to follow your point system next time we do anything because I want to do it your way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next time we rank anything, which I think the only thing we have left on ranking is the characters. Um Angie will make a point system and we all have to follow it. <laughs> Characters, arguably the most subjective thing. Yeah. That's the one thing. Like, what kind of parameters can I put? And like, you know, <laughs> congratulations, the number one character, Luke. Oh. 
<laughs> I was thinking Willie, but okay. I was thinking Alex, but okay. Yeah, maybe not. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight. We can't. Um, these ranking episodes always end up with fighting, so that's that's the point. That's the thing. What makes it fun? All right, we can go to number eight then. So my number eight is uh, Flying Solo. Um, while I do agree that like the whole Flynn subplot is the worst, um, but that's because I like, I can't stand like petty conflicts like that. Like that it's just, but we have, but I get that we have to test this already solid friendship because we walk into the series with this friendship really solid. Mm-hmm. My thankfulness is that they got it out of their system early instead of doing it later down the line. So she's yeah. just a co-conspirator for the rest of the series. Right. But it, but it, again, it establishes Willie. It establishes that like these two are really solid as a duo. Um, and I'm like incredibly, like we're incredibly thankful for them as a duo. We love a good solid female friendship. I love that none of the boys get between them. Like Kenny, thank you. And and Flying Solo is also just like a, a pretty solid song. Like it's a lot of fun. And I feel like that's the song that like is probably like lower on my like my favorites list, but it is also the one where like I'm watching them and the band is clearly having a lot of fun playing it. Yeah. Um and like their little gags and their little movements, it's a lot of fun. And and I and I love the little, you know, like, you know, like, so you're joining our band? I think it's her band. Yeah, that that is um, that is so awesome. That's such a great line. Well, um, I love you because you literally <laughs> said every single thing that I don't know how to say because me and you have the same number eight. And now I don't have to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's sort of a like i'm glad that we got this out of the way early so that we don't have to be bogged down with it for the rest of the series like literally all i thought about like i didn't want to watch the episodes i wanted to base it off of my memory and i was like what do i remember from this episode flynn and eggs and i was yeah, like okay yeah. number eight just establishes that like flynn is a bitch who would go to war <laughs> if you asked her exactly i was like for that it's number eight and that's all. Yeah. And I didn't even remember we got introduced to Willie in this episode because I couldn't even yeah, think of him. Yeah, and then, like, that's the other thing is that, like, we have to establish some, like, ghost lore. So, like, that gets put in. Right. And it wouldn't get, like, as, you know, mushy or cut up or whatever. Because if you cut it up, you lose everything. But it's still, like, very, like, I, I, I think I wrote once that the ghost lore is what I like to call bendy. Yeah. We still have honestly no clue. I think, but I think that's so. Like, if they want to write in stuff later, they can do it without having nitpick fans like us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are not nitpicky. We only have a podcast about the show. We don't nitpick. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like we it's like like you established this stuff here, but now you're doing this here. Right. What has what rule has changed? You know. Mm-hmm. So I I'm, I'm calling their ghost rules bendy. Um, if I think it's a writing crutch, so it's like if they need to do weirder things later on down. The line they assuming we it. get more that of makes it. a lot of sense they can they can worm it in pretty easily and just call it a like you know they can write it away pretty easily and just sweep 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 inconsistencies under the rug but like you know we have to get that out of the way so we can continue on with the show so it's a lot of it's still a lot of like pre-establishing stuff because it is only the third episode we gotta we gotta we gotta establish we gotta get our our, our pillars in place so we can start moving i agree with that i mean my only thing with that issue is that it just i feel like the plot points were too simple and like to drag it out for a whole entire episode. You know, that, yeah. that was my main problem with that episode. I was like, I feel like this could have been resolved in like less 
time yeah yeah that's why that's why i that's why i would put it i I put it at eight because like i have i have more qualms with you know um i got the music but like this is kind of my like secondary like yeah yeah this is a a one where i'm like you could have done some pacing things here and fixed it up essie do you want to do your number eight uh so flying solo is actually coming up very close to me so i'm gonna get into my opinions on that later but my number eight was actually Wake Up. I didn't have anything against it. It's just the first episode. So, like, you know, it's very classic. Like, you got introduced to everybody. But also, it's just not much happens. Like, I know they die. But in storyline, you know, they... <laughs> not much happens. The, the main characters die. But, like, you know, it's just a kind of new episode. We haven't really met the characters yet. I don't know what to think about them. So that's why I put it as number eight. Fair, Makes fair. sense. My number eight is I got the music, and uh, honestly, I can't. Uh, it's also that I don't really like the I got the music sequence because it, it just feels so pushed in. Like they 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 still needed a, a song for the episode, so they just kind of threw that in. Duet instead, but no, they gave us. Yeah. A dream also, sequence. Yeah, and also kind of like, okay, so for this episode, we don't have enough context. Let's make a way over the top music scene that's kind of, well, feels really long. I'm not quite sure how long it actually is. I think it's like three, I think it's like the total song is like three or four minutes, but the sequence is like five because there's like a, they do a mute, they do a dance break. Yeah. At some point, like, I, like there's a, te- there's a dance break, there's uh Flint's rap verse, which pretty solid. And it's just really also they costumed Nick really weirdly in that scene. Yeah, they, they costumed most people really weirdly sense. in that song. I don't understand why they decided to make Nick the character who wears that stupid fucking Tribly hat that always gets mistaken for a fedora, but it's not. It's not a fedora, <laughs> it's a Tribly. And it sucks so much more. And I hate that they made that his character thing. Why did they put a 16-year-old boy in an all-white suit with a hat? I, I don't know. Tipping, and then he does that weird job. Like, I love Nick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Nick is awesome. His outfits are not. Yeah, no, Nick. Nick's costuming needed another, another go-around. I appreciate the Keith Haring hoodie in the first episode. Yeah, me too. Uh, I saw that and I was like, I love this kid. Gotta, gotta st- I love that he is the, the weird intersection of uh, jock, jock, uh, jock musician that is so very frequent. Um, uh, we had like a lot of we had a lot of kids who were like jock musicians or like theater musicians. And I was a jock like, musician. I literally went to Riverdale. I was like, okay, Archie Andrews. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hey, first of all, I don't think Archie could be considered a musician. Season one, Archie was okay. Yeah, but I don't think KJ Appa deserves that. I don't think he deserves to be called a musician. He doesn't deserve and anything. I'm willing to be proven wrong in further future career endeavors, but like as of right now. Yeah, yeah that's what. The, 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 the Riverdale podcast I listened to a while, uh, I don't anymore, um, always called um, KJ Appa and, and RG the sexy lamb of the show. He's there, he looks good, but basically yeah, the rest is just... Uh... I don't even watch the show anymore. My number eight is I Got the Music, because like all of you have said already, um, I don't know, it's just, you know... Well, when you see a standalone, it's definitely not a ton- standalone, because like, it ends in a cliffhanger uh, leading into episode five. So it's like, all right, that got less points. One of the things, though, because I rewatched the whole thing to do this, and I got questions. And one of the things that I will, I will always ask is why they never show Julie and Luke writing together. Why do they tell us and not show us that? Why? You know, because like television is all about show, no tell. So why did you decide in this instance that you have to tell and not show? <laughs> That's a good why? question. I never actually thought about that. You gotta yeah. give the fanfic writers something to do. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's, that's my only point. 
thing. Yeah, like, you were you taking all of the people. Was like, I gotta give the fabric writer something. But yeah, so that's what I was like, you you told <laughs> oh, us. Come that. on, we would have found something <laughs> anyways. Writing things. I, I mean, yeah, and that literally brought me back to film class. I was like, <laughs> we learned that in film class. Yeah, we do. Like that's. I feel like that's the basis of anything. What was it called? Always tell you show, not tell. You know. And in this why so I wonder what they have in store for season two why didn't they show us this scene in particular they better show us like I feel like something happened there's also I, I would also I, w- I would make the firm case that like the thing about uh, songwriting is that it's inherently uninteresting to look at so if it's just like unless they found a way to make their bickering and their snap dialogue between the two of them like actually function um I mean I, I could imagine that I could have quite a bit of chemistry doing that like like yeah but you've got other ways to show that easy yeah. chemistry like and, they've, performing. and they've set it up between bright and wake up what a cute montage that they've gotten that yeah so the thing the thing is is that you either have the option of doing a montage which is always seen as inherently a little lazy or you could have had this like scene of dead weight um and I think they ultimately just went neither these both are going to uh mess with the pacing of the series let's just do a quick comment and establish that yes they've been writing together that's what i'm saying like they are probably saving it for something in season two you know where it will be more relevant when you show that scene in some shape or form so also i mean they did only have nine episodes with half an hour or so yeah Okay, then let's move on to number seven before we find a new tangent to go on. (laughs) I'm going to go number seven. I think I'm going to go on Other Side of Hollywood for my seven. Um, Because Other Side of Hollywood is like, we got to, we got to, again, we got to set our tiers. We got to put, like, I understand its function as like, we got to have conflict. We got to have like ghost conflict. We got to establish weird ghost rules. We got to introduce, you know, the Hollywood Ghost Club or whatever. Cheyenne Jackson just hamming it up because he's just like, But on the other hand, I, as a person who just doesn't like conflicts, just sitting there going, stop being stupid for five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> like, be acknowledged that you are currently in a lotus den. Get out! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My Percy Jackson senses were going off. Yeah, no, no, no. I was like, I was sitting there and I was like, as much as that movie is awful, I was, I was vibing with like, we're in the casino. We're in the casino. Get out! <laughs> And they had their version of Poker Face playing. Yeah, yeah. I I forgot that new movie scene. Yeah, Julie Julie just took the brain cell away from them, thus they were stuck, so they didn't have an Annabeth to pull them out. Also, no, um, no, no voice from Poseidon to to tell yeah, them. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no like, I, there's no other like ghostly presence that could have been like, get out. They rem- they like, they managed to look at the clock and they're like, oh shit, time went by. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just like ah, uh, and then like the whole Mark thing, I was just like ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just screaming into the void, just being like, I hate everything. Um, and also, like, I hate seeing Julie hurt. Like, I hate my girl in pain and suffering. I also hate Carrie in this episode. Like, this was like, I was like, yeah. before this, I was kind of like, yeah, Carrie's weird and it's fine. And she's got some, like, holdovers from older stereotypes. But she's, like, being developed as a decent character. This was the first time where I was like, Kenny, you've done so good. Why are you backtracking now? <laughs> and with the person with a side ponytail, she got a lot to say. Yeah, like, I have a, I have a lot of complicated feelings about Carrie. On the one hand, I am very firm team Carrie gets a redemption arc. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, but I'm also like, I'm sitting here going, what, 
what was your goal here? What was right? your goal? With yeah. This was mean for the yeah, sake of she was, Like, that and was yeah, it. That episode, and it's also, in that moment, you're like, why does Nick put up with that? I think it's very, like, I, I, I genuinely do appreciate that she, he does eventually break up with her. Like, I appreciate that. Wrong time. Don't know how you got here so far. But, like, I appreciate that, like, throughout the entire thing, he doesn't, he sits kind of idly by, but does also put her up to task being like, what the heck was that about? Mm. Um, you know, but I'm also just like, I have a lot of complicated feelings about Carrie and I would like to see her explored more. Um, I'm pretty sure if we get a second season, we will explore it's Carrie a when. more. It's a when, we're, we're hopeful Please here. Please don't say yeah. if. Yeah, don't say <laughs> okay. if. When we get a season, okay. Carrie will be explored more. Yeah, so like, so like, she's just so genuinely like harsh in this episode. And I'm like, Kenny, you were doing so well. I, I don't get, like, I get that you don't want me to sympathize with her too much to draw focus away from like Julian Flynn, but also, why? Exactly. <laughs> also, I just love the 20s aesthetic that the club has. Me too. I yeah, that is so awesome. That felt like a very good, like, this is 2020. This was supposed to be the roaring 20s. <laughs> and then the world ended. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we get the roaring 20s starting in 22. Kind of want that. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel like we should just forget about the 20s. Tw- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to 2030. It's fine. Yes, please. I mean, the 30s in, in, in the last century were uh, uh, the last, uh, yeah, were pretty bad. So maybe we can have friendly. good ones this time. And- and then yeah. the, the, the Great Depression in the 30s, and then we get World War II oh in the 40s. So okay. We'll probably get the third Do we need to just not? Cut it there. Cut it there. Nope. Nope. Don't want to think about our impending doom any more than I have to. Uh, On the big side, we got the Great Depression early. So maybe we'll get to the good stuff. Maybe in this the case, it's more like fun. everybody is depressed, but yeah. Yeah, maybe great. we'll get like join twenties after the Great Depression. Like we'll all be depressed and then we'll start partying once it's good. I mean, to be honest, at least in 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 Germany, like directly after the war was over, like in the fifties, we had what's called the Wirtschaftswunder, so we had an ex- economic wonder. So maybe that well, will so happen. Can we come to Germany? Are you inviting us? <laughs> Always, the I've already open first. I've I've al- already um told so many of my American friends like just come here. I will find a bed for you somewhere. I don't know where, but <laughs> we'll pretend we're related. Sure, <laughs> I'll just come. I'm like we're related. We'll, we'll pretend we're related. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yes, we're gonna go. Like, this is a family reunion. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the safe side. I don't care sleeping on the floor, man. I don't mind. I just need a roof <laughs> over me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need a roof and some water. I'll live for a few days. Okay. Anyways, um, who wants to go next with her number I'll seven? I'll go because I think, I don't know if this is controversial, but let me say, picking this episode, I felt like other than the song, it had nothing going for it. My number seven is Edge of Great. Wow. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Let me explain, ma'am. It was great. I was thinking, I was like, I love the song. Other than the song, what do we got? We got we got comedy, we got the band. Really crying. That's subtracting points because my man's was crying for a few minutes, which is very hard for me to see. We got actually we got a lot, but for me, it fell short. I felt like it was just the song. We got perfect harmony, but perfect harmony is like dream sequence. So if you think about it, it never really happened. So I feel like it just felt party and, 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 and Flynn and, and no that mm-hmm. felt short to me like I fell short I was like I love this episode more than anything but other than the music there's nothing there I just felt like it just didn't do it it's like other than the songs there was nothing for me nothing just saw Nick be embarrassing 
Luke being cute. And then I was like, that's it. Just don't touch him great. That's not enough. Let's move on. <laughs> do anything for me. But I'm grateful for the songs. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> Like again, again, it's a sliding scale of like pretty salt, so- pretty solid to like perfect, amazing, show-stopping, never been done before. It's just like, good at measure up. To the- like none of these are bad. None of these are no, bad. It's just a different true. scale of great. <laughs> exactly. This is, it just didn't measure up. I just yeah, that's it. There's no plot for me other than oh, let's just perform for your YouTube channel. Tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was yeah. it. There was no, there was no spice. There was no drama. Like I separated small plot points, but there was like I felt like there wasn't anything there. Esty? Uh, yeah. Okay. So my number seven is flying solo. As many of you said, um, and all I wrote was I like the boys, but Flynn stresses me out because I love the story of the guys. I love when Alex comes back. And he's like he learned the word woke, and he's like, what does that mean? No, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I love meeting Willie. Um, Flynn stresses me out so much. If I was in that situation, I would just be like, okay, like, why didn't? Like, I would ask her. I wouldn't get mad at her. I'd be like, what's up, you know? Or I would, like, let her have her secrets. Like, I wouldn't be. And that actually, like, that says a lot about Flynn that she values lo- loyalty and trust a lot, which are good things. However, it just, I was not, I was so stressed out. I was like, Flynn, what are you doing? Like, I know that, she, like, I'm a teen too, but that just seems like an overreaction. <laughs> Yeah, she overreacts a little, that's true. Um, Flying Solo is also my number seven, which is also kind of like, I, I was kind of surprised that it ranked that low, but um, I don't know, everything else seemed like it belonged higher. And I, I liked the song and I liked the dynamic between the two of them, their friendship. But yeah, somehow it just, it was one of those, those episodes that was kind of not as great as the others. Um, like I said, my number seven is um, The Other Side of Hollywood. Just because one of my measures is like how well they are as a standalone. And well, obviously this is a continuation from the previous episode, so I couldn't really give it a high note on that regard. So yeah, it's number seven. Moving on to number six. Um, my number six is Bright. I had to write my 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 top six down because I was like, okay, what episodes have I not talked about yet? Um, so I'm also consulting that while I'm looking at the IMDb page. So my six is Bright. I I love as much as I love like the band getting together, and I love the this band is back, which is just a jab. Um, we love this band is back. We love the we love listening to the Spotify recording and in the corner hearing Charlie go, I cannot scat. Um, <laughs> I'm a sucker for little blips on the recording that gets that get put into the thing and just get to stay, and that's one of my favorites. But this is once again one of these things. I don't think that is on the Apple Music version. I'm going to have to re-listen to that and also listen to the Spotify version. Yeah, yes, the Spotify. version of Spotify. It's know. very faint and it's very like towards the end of the song. But if you focus, uh, Charlie's Charlie has been like scatting at the end and he's joking around and I, you can't hear who asks him, but he does distinctly say, "I cannot scat," um, which I, think hey, I will have really to listen cute. to that. It's really cute. It's super cute, and I was just like, ah. I didn't um, even hear but, it the first time. Yeah, it took me a couple of listens. Um, but my thing about Bright is that it's it's very like it's a standard second episode. Like, cool, you've got your pillars in place. Let's see if we can keep this ball rolling. And I, you know, I appreciate we getting to meet Flynn. Flynn's great. Um, or like we getting to meet Flynn and Flynn being the whole like the drama about the five cans of soda. That f- I felt Seven. that deep in my soul. <laughs> um, but I I also was like weird with like the whole like the whole like mini like them trouncing through her bedroom i was just like ah boys 
And um, there, there were like a couple of moments where I was just like, yeah, they wrote the boys weirdly older. Than, like, I don't know how much older they're supposed to be than Julie. Because I think in the original series, they're all adults to Julie being a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think here they're supposed to be maybe seniors in high school when they, you know, disappear. Where Julie is like clearly a sophomore um, or maybe a junior if you want to get flimsy with it. So, yeah, I think they're <sighs> about like one or two sophomore. years older. Uh, she just has underclassmen vibes yeah like she's clearly like 10th or 11th grade whereas the boys are clearly like seniors and i love getting to see the boys interact in this episode i love the very casual like you know um i love the very little casual little moments that you know lead to things to come like nick nick calling out trying to call out carrie and carrie being like listen i had to fight for my spot and julie just gets to tramp like i i was like ah Kenny, you're calling yourself out there. I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> um, and I love Sharpay all over again. Yeah, yeah. And I love, and I love, you know, again, I love the little moment where Luke's like, we're the only family we've got. Yeah. Love being a soccer for that family. Like, and again, the very casual, like immediate, this is episode two. Alex is gay and we're not talking and we're not hearing questions to the contrary. Yeah, it's basically like, it's, it's, it's said in a way that you, that you can almost miss it and it's kind of awesome that it's just a side note yeah I almost missed it too it comes like it it is it is clearly part of his character but the reveal is not yeah like there's no like he doesn't have to come out or anything no he's been out he's out he's been out for at least a year or two maybe a couple of months but Luke says it with such formality that like it's clearly been at least a year by the way when I randomly just thought about does Julie actually know that he's gay probably not probably not it's never come up in conversation I mean unless he talked about Willie unless we talked about her off screen you know but it's 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 never come up in conversation and she can't see Willie so yeah but he might have talked about him yeah she has a big crush yeah like it's possible so bright like bright is again it's another like pillar pillar episode and it gets like a lot of things, you know, kind of set up and we're, we're getting some balls rolling. And um, I don't really like Bright as much as a song. I appreciate its performance a lot, but it's one of my like least favorite songs. And so like that's why it's like kind of in the middle there. Um, so yeah, Bright's my number six. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I, I, I guess look, it's an average episode. Um, I like that we got more character development from everybody. We got to see more of them. Um, we got our first like group performance. That was really cool. But it's just an average episode for me. So it was like a fun one to watch. But there wasn't anything that like that I was like, oh my god, I love this. Like it was, it was a good episode, but it was kind of like, in the middle for me. I also have Bright as number six, which I love because you guys do all the work for me, and I just. <laughs> repeat <clears throat> i like bright i think bright is a perfect number six let me say why i don't really have a note on why i just felt like for a second episode it just i don't want to say i don't want to say we're world building but we're just still getting information from the from like the whole story which is interesting to watch but like as a standalone you, you it relies on other episodes to actually be something so i just felt like number six is perfect so yeah that's it i think my number six is actually might be controversial because i i, I think some people really love that episode my number six is finally free i knew you were gonna say that i knew I you were gonna it. say that too I man. You were gonna say that <laughs> Um, why did you know I was going to say that? It just seems like something you would say. 
<laughs> okay, and you, you mean talk we- shit about finally free last time? I remember as a song, <laughs> you didn't like it, and it was my favorite. I love finally free. I love the song. I love the episode, but somehow it's just it's it's not. It doesn't stick in my head as much as other things. I I have nothing against it. It's just I don't know. It's something that kind of fades a bl- little bit for me. I can't explain why. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's my controversial one. That's me with Edge of Grey. It just fades. Uh, my number six is Wake Up. Um, just because it's a, I mean, it's the first episode, and um, I don't know. I mean, it scored like that. There were episodes that scored higher. It was like by a point or like by, by even half a point, but they score a little higher for some reason. So Wake Up is on number six. Hey, move on to okay. number five now. Um, my number five is Wake Up. Um, I always judge a TV series. Uh, as a progression from like its pilot to its most recent episode um and i always have a soft spot for pilots in first episodes because i love seeing where characters come from like they're frequently like pilot episodes are most frequent my most frequently watched episodes so like i there are multiple tv shows where i could almost like quote the pilot usually because like that's the episode i show people when i'm trying to get them into the show like there's a show called dead like me that i have seen multiple times despite the fact that this pilot episode was like an hour long and i can quote sections of it because I want people to be into this show. That is a um, really great show. I liked it. I haven't watched it in a really long time. I'm not sure if I ever finished it, but I really liked the beginning of it. Yeah. So like I like I'm always showing pilot episodes to people of shows that I really like. So Wake Up is like a really solid, like, I would show this pilot episode to people. Cause there are some pilot episodes where you're like, don't, don't bother with it. Go watch this episode first. This is a pretty solid no, I want to show people the pilot episode. First of all, Now or Never is my favorite song. I am a sucker. I don't know if you can tell by my everything. A sucker for a good solid early 2000s pop punk bop and that's what now or never is while also being genius foreshadowing in some places <laughs> um now or never is a bop uh charlie looks great in that first scene and i'm only a little bit mad about it literally now or ne- like that episode opens and i went Kenny Ortega, how dare you still know my type in men after <laughs> 10 plus years? How dare you? First of all. Um, second, I love Julie. I love Carlos. How old is Carlos supposed to be? I don't know. But I am. I'm guessing. I, yeah, I'm somewhere he's around like 10. Middle school? He's anywhere from like fifth grade to seventh grade. I would not put him any older than that. No. Um, no. I love dad. I love Ray. He's yeah, great. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I will admit the first time I watched the series, I did not clock that uh, the aunt was an aunt. I thought she was like a middling neighbor who had like the crush on, a da- <laughs> on the dad and like that was the reason she was over so much. But then I watched it a second or I got to one of the later episodes and they like called her that. Okay, they called her Tia. And I was like, oh, she's an aunt. Okay. <laughs> so I love her. I love the opening pitch to this series. I I will admit the dialogue is a little stilted. I have a lot of thoughts about the um the uh Julie and uh Julie and Flynn's first interaction cuz as much as I were I get that they were trying to establish the like they're those types of best friends. It was kind of weird. Um I think that I, I I mean I don't know how old you are, but I think you're more in like um the the age range of um Angie, Layla and me than um Essie's and Essie is the one who's actually the age of um uh, of the characters in the show and she's she said you said in the first episode that I was kind of what you know from school, right? 
I use more profanity when me and my friends meet each other. Yeah, and I, <laughs> yeah. Well, they can't do that in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, and I and I and I get that, and I get that it's sort of the like whole like, and, and I appreciate it, and I understand that it's more of a like these this it's trying to establish that these are the type these are very close clearly bonded clearly been together for several years were basically born attached to the hip sort of friends rather than like this is a new friendship that's only sort of starting to develop sort of thing and i think and i think that it works and i appreciate that it works but it's just at first it's a little jarring because you're like you've gone from like how the boys were to this and i'm just kind of like that's some fanfic dialogue. And I think it's also like I've been oversaturated because like if you if you read the fanfic for the series, there's a lot of times where like people will just rewrite the f- and I I mean no shade. This is genuinely all of my love and heart and soul to fanfic writers because it's hard. I say this as one, it's hard. Um but this is the episode that gets rewritten the most times. So I've just like osmosized it in various fashions. Um, and I just have a lot of thoughts and feelings about it. But again, it's like a very solid first step. Um, it's not perfect, but I love it a lot as an introduction to everybody. Um, so yeah, it's my it's my number five. Again, thank you for doing all the work for me. I appreciate <laughs> it. And um, <laughs> I will pass the baton on to who's next because I have nothing to say other than all right. it's a great pilot. I'll go. I loved it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go with my number five. My number five is Stone Tall. It was it beat beat out Wake Up by like 0. 0.5 point, like by a half a point, just because it's um well first of all, I just love the parallels to Wake Up. Like from an editing standpoint and like from like a cinematographic standpoint, they parallel a lot of the first shots that we see in Wake Up, and I just love that. And I feel like that's why it gave it that extra half a point that put it above Wake Up. Um, and it's a solid episode. Like, it's the end of the episode. I feel like it's the end of the season. It's it's pretty good in losing up all, like, the stakes that were introduced all throughout the season. But at the same time, it kind of let, leaves it enough open for the second season. Um, and, yeah, it's I just feel like it's a very solid um, episode to end a season in. And Tall is much higher on my list. I'm not gonna say what number, but it's much higher. <laughs> I mean, from your from your facial expression, from your reaction, I can guess. Stand <laughs> tall, chef's kiss. Yeah. Okay, Essie, what is your number five? Uh, I mean, you guys, most of you already said it, or all of you maybe, but um, I got the music. I when I first was like, where should I put I got the music? I instantly followed the opening scene, and I was like, no, then I don't accept it as much because that opening scene was just like, it was just a lot. Like, I think it, it was a very nice music number. Like, it was like by itself, like not in the show, like I would watch it, but it just took up a lot of time. But then I rewatched the episode, I flipped through it, and I love the haunting scene. I love everything about it. It's just such a fun, like I would love to be them in that scenario, like making fun of your friend like that. I would love that. So that's why that scene of them haunting him kind of overcame the bad musical number in the beginning but what all of you said about it earlier is correct about the episode my number five is bright um and honestly i think uh, yeah it's i I've, i really like the episode it's a great second episode i love that we get more of the dynamic between the boys and their their friendship and even a little bit like that's the one where we get a glimpse into their past. Um, so I, I really like that. And Reggie's jam, like the um, the baddest bag is just awesome. So yeah. And the introduction of the of the first time they all sing together and the chemistry that they have singing together is, is, is also great. Fair, valid. Okay, number four. Please have the same as me. <laughs> uh, I want to do no. the work. 
Now, my, no. my, number, my, number four is, my number four is Edge of Great. Okay, no. <laughs> okay, listen. First of all, if only four girls, am I right? Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, if only for that exchange. Value. It just... Top tier, top tier queer content. Um, like, no, no, I love Edge of Great because I love that like Julie has to confront the fact that she's had this like baseless puppy crush on Nick. And it's all like, it's very much she's trying to have to, she has to confront that, you know? I love Flynn's dedication to uh, not waking Julie up. <laughs> Need me a friend like that. Um <laughs> But also, I love I love Edge of Great as a musical number. It's just a lot of fun. I love Absolute Kicked Puppy, Charlie Gillespie. I look at that episode and I'm like, Charlie, you were 22 years old. You should not be able to look like so much like a kicked puppy. Uh, the <laughs> well, entirety obviously. of that sequence. And then like, Perfect Harmony is like really cute. A little weird, a little weird staging. But I'm also like, ah, uh, Kenny, love you referencing your own work. Um... <laughs> Because it's it's very clearly Dirty Dancing inspired, but yeah, no, I I love the music scene. I love Edge of Great. I love that we have to con- we have to ha- make Julie confront the fact that she's had an, a sort of baseless puppy crush on Nick, and it's not really going to go anywhere because she, she doesn't have a life. Yeah, but she would she doesn't know him. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing, like, and that's like the that's the like the key thing about those early early yeah. crushes is that you don't know them. It just You're making me think my ranking was a little wrong because I forgot about her <laughs> facing her crush. With I forgot, I forget about him. He's so plain. That that, that's, and that's the point. That is the point. He's supposed to be the forgettable one because you're all supposed to like Luke infinitely better. But at the like, same time, I was thinking about Edge like of Great and make you like him. Sequence and Nick wasn't even in the scene in my head. He wasn't even there. No, he's the reason <laughs> I she forgot he existed. <laughs> you keep forgetting Nick, Layla. She's like supposed to be in this dance class practicing with Nick, and also there's the cute, stupid exchange where Luke is like standing behind him and like messing with him. And I'm like, you jealous puppy. Um, But so it's like it's very much where it's like it narratively she she has to confront that feeling, she has to confront that ordeal, and I'm glad that the episode did it. And also Edge of Great is a lot of fun and I vibe with it. And I also, again, welcome back to conflicted feelings about Carrie. The fact that Carrie still addresses herself as Julie's friend. Mm-hmm. Like when she shows up to the Edge of Great performance, she says, I'm one of Julie's friends. Why wouldn't I be here? Mm-hmm. And that has so many layered implications. And I want to know, Kenny, why won't you tell me? <laughs> I feel like Carrie sure will tell you what friend means. She has like, her yeah, and like that's she the probably thing. thinks they're her friends too, but they're not. Yeah, and I yeah, I, but but she and Julie and maybe even she, Julie and Flynn used to be actual friends. At yeah, least like she and Julie used to be genuine friends, and I she can't will never help. actually have friends. She doesn't really have friends, and that's the sad truth but, about and, Carrie. But and so like I'm left one. I'm left sitting here wondering like, what is the backstory? What is the vibe? Like. Why does Carrie, even after all these years and all the nasty things she's done, still consider herself Julie's friend? Anyway, I love Edge of Great. That's why it's my number five. Random in, 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 in interruption. That's a really big cookie, and I'm jealous. Thank you. <laughs> it's great. For everybody who cannot see us right now, Leila has a big cookie. It is delightful. I was going to say everything's bigger in Texas, but I'm not from Texas, so I didn't <laughs> say that. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you can already say everything is bigger in America. That already attracts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm backstabbing too. I totally agree. I want to know. I'm guessing we're going to get it when we get season two. Yeah. But I um, definitely want to know. I actually had... So from this point on, I can't get mad at any of you because these are like the top four. So like these are the best songs. So I'm not going to get very mad at anyone unless, you know, anyway. Um, so I had Finally Free. I don't remember anything about Finally Free. The two reasons that I have it here is that we find out about Luke. So I'm guessing that's the episode where we find out like we see him with like, his pants um, and we see them for the first time and also Alex dancing. So those are the two things that give this episode that that's why I love this episode. Right. I completely forgot that that's the episode where we where we meet Luke's I should not have ranked it that low. I'm sorry. You see, this is why I was making that face at you. I was like, how dare you? (laughs) We appreciate the academic standpoint because it makes our insanity look less like contrived my um, my mean my my process of making this list was literally just uh, looking at it and being like i don't know i'm gonna throw things at it and then maybe shuffle things around a bit and that was basically it <laughs> number four already yeah, okay controversial unsaid emily uh it's amazing Ooh. i love it it's a great song it's a top four i'm obsessed with it uh, i love the story i love julie showing up to his house talking just the whole thing, I love family dynamics, especially ones that aren't perfect. And um, just seeing Mitch and Emily and just having having my baby just come home. Oh, my God. I should have put it higher, but number four is good enough for Mr. Um, Luke Patterson. Thank you. That's Honestly, it. like, I, I get that because, like, three and four interchange. Like, they're in, in, interchangeable for me. And so... According to this, when I make this, uh, number four is Unsaid Emily, but it could easily be my number three as well. Um, they just, they, they basically have the same points, literally. It was just a matter of me being like, all right, I think you're going to be number four. <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's a solid episode. It's pretty good as, as a standalone too, because all the stakes we were presented like in the first few minutes get solved by the end of the season. But it's also great in moving the plot along, which obviously, because it's the second to last episode it obviously needs to move the plot forward um but yeah and the whole unset emily scene like that's a 10 out of 10 like the whole mm. song with the sequence like we'll get so much backstory in just the whole like in an entire song like that's great um so yeah this could easily they, this might have, like it should have been my number third i don't know why i did this but anyways <laughs> um my number four is wake up and um it's just i I, I don't I don't really know why it's number four. It's 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 a great episode. It's a great lead in to the to the um season. It's um definitely like it definitely gets you hooked to want to binge the entire season. It's just it's it's awesome. It's just not my top three. That's three. That's basically my reason. <clears throat> okay, we are moving into the top three. Top three, yep. Okay, top, top, top three. three. That's gonna be interesting as hell. Um, Can't wait to fight you all. Yeah. <laughs> Top three knives come out. A lot of you guys already disappointed me, so I have a scientific table on my side. (laughs) I have blind rationale. Um, my 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 number three is stand tall. (laughs) We're not the same. We're not the same anymore. It's fine. It's fine. We had a good run. We had a good run. Um, no. So my so stand tall is my number three because a I hate endings. I I hate I hate cliffhanger endings 
where I'm uncertain of if we're going to get any more out of it. So uh, leaving it with the with the veil of like, great, we can now hug each other. What next? Hate that. If we're not going to get anything more, then I just have to sit with this information until the end of my days. Um, it is the same reason I hate uh, the ending of Deception, Powerless. Uh, any show that has ended, who's been a one season wonder and ended after that first season. And I'm just sitting here going, but I want more out of it. Darn it. Um, so stand tall. I love the, um, I love uh, Nothing to Lose is a great reprise. Even though it's not a direct reprise of the other side of Hollywood, it's a spiritual reprise of the other side of Hollywood. I, I love it a lot. I love uh, Willie coming in clutch. I, I love Reggie being like, tell your friends. Even though <laughs> yeah. no one can hear him. Um, that it's just like a knee jerk response. It's just like, tell your friends. And I'm like, love you. Um, I love that we can't, we can afford to use Brendan Urie's band, but we cannot afford Brendan Urie. Um, <laughs> I love I'm, like literally, I, 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 when I recommended the show to other people, it was always like, "Oh, it's it's Panic at a Disco. Are we going to see them?" And I'm like, "No, I'm sorry. We can afford to use their name, but we can't afford them in reality." Um, I I am very tense about the whole like, like I hate that Julie has to go through the same crippling doubt of the boys not showing up again. I hate that. I hate doing that to her because I hate seeing Julie sad. Um, I love the boys and their like edits to their outfits when they do finally appear. I love Luke's dramatics about having to show up last and glitchy at first. Um, and without he, sleeves. Because he is he is he is that dramatic. Uh, yeah, he has to show up without sleeves. He's listen, the costume department looked at Charlie Gillespie and said, You're not allowed to wear sleeves the entirety of this series. And honestly, I applaud them for committing. Sometimes to I that. wonder if it wasn't the other way around that Charlie was like, I'm not gonna wear sleeves. I, don't I, mean, care I, what you I, I don't know where I read it that like apparently Owen came in in a pink hoodie. Uh, Charlie came in with no sleeves and uh, Reggie came in with, or not Reggie, Jeremy Shada came in with a leather jacket on their final callback. And so the costume department used <laughs> that for their baseline. That um, works. So, it, so it's totally possible that Charlie said, I'm not going to wear sleeves. But I'm also very deeply appreciative that it was just a costume department who looked at Charlie and went, you're not going to wear sleeves. And they went, fair enough. We appreciate it. It's a bit like the costume de department for Captain America for Steve Rogers, where it's like, we will always put you in shirts that are at least two sizes too small. We don't care. It's just going to happen. Exactly. Gonna you, happen. Are not, you are not immune to basic white men. I say no, we are not immune. I say this as I simp for hockey players, you know? Like, it's just, you just got to know what you're about. They're like, you don't understand. Your character is not straight, so you don't get sleeves. <laughs> okay. I love, I love the little, I love the little Dahlia. I love Trevor just losing his mind, finally. Um, I want the implications for that so badly. Loki kind of want, um, kind of want, um, God, what is Evil Ghost's name? He has just got out of my head. Caleb. Caleb, right. I kind of want Caleb to possess Trevor after he's done possessing Nick. <laughs> the thematics, the dramatics, the absolute shenanigans. It would be smarter if he possessed Caleb, I mean Trevor instead, because if he does Trevor, that way he's connected to Julie and the boys at the same time, because Nick doesn't, is not really connected to the boys. Yeah, Trevor, I assume Nick was just like a first come, first serve sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, he was just there. Like, so we have to give him a personality. Yeah, he's he's a jump off. He's he's a jump off point. We gotta we, yeah we gotta we gotta get Nixon personality. Uh no, I actually uh, love Nick's actor. Uh, he's actually really good with the material he's got. Anyway, um uh, so yeah, stand tall. 
Um, I put it at number three because again, I'm a sucker for weird ending. For I, I, I am a sucker for you know these these vibes and these content. And I'm also just like really deeply sad that like if this is the the end we get, then I will be infernally mad about it. Mm-hmm. Infernal, internally and eternally mad uh, if this is the only this is the end we get. So those are my cohesive thoughts about Stantall. Okay, beautiful, well said. <laughs> Even though we're not the same, <laughs> I would have used a lot of that, but we don't agree. Um, yeah, I mean, first, I don't think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I'm asexual. So whenever anybody like reacts to how hot people were, it's funny because I remember after I watched the show and I was on Tumblr and everybody was like, they were so hot. And I was like, I like this singing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just really I mean, funny from my perspective. <laughs> anyway. Um, I like this. That's just so cute. Like, I just like how they sound. It's like I didn't know this. Like whenever I go with my friends, like when we get back from anywhere, they're like those guys were so cute, and I'm like, I don't know. Oh my god, I love you. Also me, you. me too. But I'm also very aware of who I am as a per- a person, and I love a good aesthetic, and I love a good vibe. And um, my my like other takeaway is I'm glad that a Willie and Alex ended in a hug, and this whole like group fam. Ended in a hug. We didn't get any contrived kisses, and I was like, "Hell yeah, we gotta, we gotta get to that season three, season three before we're gonna get a kiss." You guys like that slow burn, not we me. Gotta, yeah, we gotta get that slow burn. I'm glad that we didn't end in a kiss. We just ended in a very, very loaded hit, uh, face hold. For um, all of our listeners, um, Lele is right now recreating that. Yeah, yeah, because it's just so cute. It was more intimate, dare I say. Yeah. It's always cool when, like, the two characters don't kiss right away, and then they build, um... I'm gonna... I don't know if anybody here has read Six of Crows, but in that book, there's two characters that don't... They both, they can't do physical contact. But because of that, like, whenever they do talk, it's just so much... Because of the fact that they can't touch, there's so much more chemistry between them, you know? But yeah, I actually had Edge of Grey as my number three. I love it so much. I'm not getting any big reactions, so I hope that's a good thing. Um, I love it so much. It's top three. That's like pretty good. (laughs) It was a ton of fun. Um, It was a great episode for Luke and Julie, basically, for that relationship. I love that we finally got to see that acknowledgement of them. Um, The song was, I love the song so much. I love Luke coming up. I actually didn't notice Luke, Julie not looking at Luke the first time I watched it. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, that's happening. But um, I love the guitar solo. I, the entire scene where um, they were like, girls, am I like, yeah, no. Like, I've seen that happen in like weird life conversation with my friends. So yeah. I love that they put that in there. And um, I also said good setup at the end. I think the ending scene was like them looking like, oh, we have to play here, whatever. Like, oh, this is what we need to do. So I like the way they set that up because that made me more excited for the next episode. Yeah, I agree with all your points. I see my number three as well. Um, I, took great. I feel like because I love Edge of Grade, the song, and just the sequence with the guitar riff and everything in the show, it's why I give it a little bit, like I put it on three over on Set Emily. That's, that was basically the only reason. Otherwise, like it's a pretty solid episode. I feel like all from like, I don't know, all episodes are great, but especially the three last, like seven, eight, nine are pretty solid. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. once you hit five and you get like the ghost plot as like the glitching is the, yeah, one like, that, the, once that the glitching is the final conflict from five onward, you're at a pretty steady pace to the end. Yeah. Okay, can I go next? Yeah. yeah, sure. Mine, since you guys already got through yours, is I got the music. Solely because of my favorite couple going on their cute little date. I had to 
just love the conversation. It's that they actually talk about anxiety. They actually call it anxiety. It's just so perfect. And they just help each other. Okay. I could just talk about these two magnificent ghosties for hours and I'll never get tired. It's just, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. I said I could talk for hours, but I can't even say a damn thing. They're just perfect. They're just perfect. They just balance each other out so well. And I just like, just watching that scene just makes me so happy all the time and yeah that's all I have to say I just love them we like supremacy thank you <laughs> I forgot to I mention that when I was friend. talking about the episode but yeah I love that scene between them that's adorable it's the only thing that lifts it up like oh and the haunting let me just tell you shenanigans I love shenanigans it's just so much fun it's just that and they always call back to Willie oh you learned that from your new ghost friend it's like, mm-hmm. yes he did now bring him back and then they go get him OMG, let me tell you, he owns my heart. I love Boo Boo Stewart and no regrets. <laughs> okay, um, I think I'm the only one who hasn't gone right. No, go ahead. Um, my number three is Stand Tall. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's once again, it's just, it's, it's not higher because the other two are, are, are higher on my list, but I love it. it it's, it's great. I really, I really like the whole sequence with, where, where Julie talks to her mom and then she gets that sign. Even though I still think that woman who gave her the Dahlia is kind of weird for just walking by a crying teenager, giving her a flower, not saying a single word and walking off. Like this is not how I would react to a crying teenager in a in a weird back street somewhere. But I'm I'm just impressed that she even did anything as compared to just like, nope, don't see it. Yeah, exactly. I would have either like the the normal reaction would have either been just going on and being like, yep, not dealing with that right now, or actually trying to help and not just handing her a flower without a word. But walking there, they would. She was just walking along the the back alley. Weird. Yeah shortcuts i don't know but a woman walking through a back alley in the middle of the night for a shortcut makes no sense this show was yeah, totally written really. by men <laughs> that is true let's nitpick and uh, let's do a nitpicking episode so i could talk about all the things that make no sense <laughs> <laughs> i will write it on the list <laughs> we do i mean depending on when we get the announcement and when we get season two we need a lot of episodes before episode ideas um i also i, I really loved the, the, the scene like the sand hall song and the scene where they sing together and as you remember with the big controversial that i had as number one last time um and i i yeah i just i just really liked the episode it's really great episode yeah it is all right number number two uh my number two is unsaid emily to the surprise of exactly no one (laughs) um hey i love the song the song is a vibe uh i fully agree with buzzfeed and just like hey do you want to make your children cry or like i think i i think i i was writing or i was doing a write-up for my friend because i was like trying to convince my friend to watch this series so i did a write-up and i wrote out all my opinions about the song and i think my opinion my my comment on uh, unsaid emily was cue the phantom crying uh at the mere mention of this song and i love the little like they try to go to hold each other's hands and luke's hand phases through it and he's like this is a weird little dynamic you and i have yes <laughs> Oh my god, that has oh, been- this is an interesting little relationship you and I have. Yeah. Um, which is just top tier. And like the little like the kind of like it's almost smarmy smirk he has, where he's just kind of like, I am very clearly teasing you. Tell me if I should stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love the flannel in this app. I think I have it. Um <laughs> I think I have a flannel that almost matches in its like almost perfectly. Um, I don't know, like like someone was trying to like rationale like how like, oh, like they clearly like heard Luke while he was doing this, and I'm like I don't think they did, um, because I don't think that's how the ghost powers work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like, I was also kind of like, this is this is a song that is a vibe. Um, I love the little Willie and Alex in the Orpheum moment where they're just kind of being like, ah, so this is your unfinished business. And Willie just kind of being like, do you, do you want my help? <laughs> and just sort of like this cute little, this cute little thing. But yeah, on set Emily, just a loaded episode in, in its entirety. And I appreciate it deeply. Also, I feel like we haven't mentioned uh, Dad and Carlos enough, but all of Dad and Carlos' subplots in every episode are great. Oh, Definitely. always a good little, good little moment. But yeah, Unset Emily wrecks my shop. So number two. Yeah, number I'm with you on that. Unset Emily, it's I love it. Um, I Luke's storyline made you know it's like the saddest thing, and I love that they put that in there and kind of show the different kind of family relationships you can have. Um, it was a very beautiful scene, and I just all of the scenes were great. Like I can't even think about them, but I was like looking through the episode, and I was like I like every single scene. As I don't know if you guys could tell, but my last four were six, seven, eight, nine. So just as the episodes got better, um, the as the episodes went on, the more I liked them, I guess, because they got more fast paced. You already knew the plot lines, you knew the characters, so you got to go more in depth into like the really good storylines. And yeah, I just love the entire Luke thing and also all of the other side scenes around it were really cute. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree. I also have Unset Emily as number two because it's just it's just an awesome episode. It was also kind of not expected to have an episode like that in a show like Julia the Phantoms. And just it, it makes me cry every single time and I love it. And every single time I watch it, I wanna go give my parents a hug and tell them I love them. And um yeah, it's it's just it's amazing. It's it's really great. It's also really well acted like i i love how how um the whole scene where um julie gives the song to mitch and 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 emily it's 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 really great yeah um my number two it's gonna be controversial because you've already said it um like you've discussed the episode and it's the only episode that i was guided not by my um table but my by my love for this episode because i really love it it's one of my favorites from the beginning i thought it was going to be my number one but then science told me otherwise um but i still kept it at number two number two is a bride because i just love the episode it has a lot of issues because like it's one of the it has one of the scenes where it's more noticeable there like there's some continuity errors when editing when flynn and julie are leaving um to the school and like they're saying goodbye to the ghost and like it's so noticeable and it bugs me every time i notice it every time um it's like it's to a stage dialogue wise at times so it has issues but because i love so many scenes in it i love the song i just had to put it at number two so i am acknowledging it's not probably you know and as a, objectively it might not belong in number two but subjectively for me it does so it's number two for me right valid <laughs> we can't argue if you you have science on your side <laughs> we also just everybody the can facts. have their own opinions and yeah. she's the only one who has the facts on her side like everyone else is just <laughs> wait I, I don't remember what i had for my number two <laughs> to no surprise maybe i love finally free it's my number two i just love the whole sneaking out i love the whole performance i just love it I just love it. I just love how much in, in the moment parts of the show, how much Julie trusts Luke. Like in Bright, he said, perform, here's a song for Finally Free. He was like, come on, let's go. There's a song. And then she just trusts him with her whole entire heart. It's just that's that. Just and then and then their performance. Because that's when they just started, like, oh my God. 
just finally free performance. It has to be my favorite one of all times. And I know we're not supposed to base it off of the song, but the perform I, it's to me finally free is better than Edge of Great. People are just cowards. They need to admit it. <laughs> but it's just so good. It's just so good. And then the of course we have Alex being adorable with dirty candy. But however, just the whole Luke and Julie like dynamic just gets so much stronger in this episode it's just it's just so good it's just so good and without finally free there will be no edge of great so show your respects thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that was that was directed at me directed i mean if you feel like it's directed to you (laughs) i i would i would also uh deeply appreciate uh without finally free we don't get the, uh, oh, come on, I have chemistry with everybody, and then thus giving Reggie a bi-panic. Um. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just love Finally Free. It, sh- it could have been my number one, but, you know, my number one is solid, and I'm ready to talk about it when the time comes. <laughs> All okay, right. let's move no. on to number one, right? Yep. Cool, my number one is Finally Free. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you for setting me up. Oh, finally free. So my number one's finally free. Uh, for one, I love the whole getting the dance assignment. It's it's like it's so weird. I deeply appreciate it. Again, I I appreciate Flynn being a G. My my top my top thing with finally free is uh you know we get the sort of establishing like ah why are the lacrosse boys here? Why does this school have a dance class for gym? Um and then I remember it's part performing high arts high school. Um which is weird like because that's one of the few things that's like i think is really funny about the show is that it's it it remembers every once in a while that it's like it's like a week because it's like that's why i always pitch this season as more of like a four hour movie rather than a tv show because you know if it were a tv show we would be spending more time on the fact that this is coded as a performance arts high school and more on the turmoil that that brings but it's less like that and it's more focused on like the whole ghostly thing so we don't get that as much i love that we get ray struggling with parenting i love that ray has to like actually consider like he's like are you okay because you've been really weird and you've been really secretive and i don't know like you know like he's got like so like he's trying to do what's right by julie and he's been proving that he's been trying to do right by julie up until this point in the series but he knows that he has to lay down the law and like and like he's like very he's very clear that that's not his comfort zone because he's like i just want to do what's best for my kid and i don't know if that's fully like i don't think that punishment is fully you know the right you know the right motive to go here and i'm like hell yeah go ray and like even tia stepping in being like you have to ground her because you have to set a boundary you have to set a line um i'm like no i respect that ray is doing his best as a single parent and he deserves better i also don't know what ray does for a living i think he's a freelance photographer but it's never explained and i'd like answers to that and i still Um, don't understand how he can pay for that house but yeah i think i think he's i think he's supposed to be because like the thing is is that like if 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 the woman if rose at the beginning of the series if we're running off the theory that rose at the beginning of the series is Julie's mom. Uh, she's very clearly a tech for the Orpheum, or a waitress at the Orpheum. Um, I like to believe she's a tech because it's far more believable. And an ex, you know, an ex band, you know, an ex, you know, roadie or a, you know, a, a merch girl or you know, whatever. For very clear, and and also clearly an ex musician for a lot of bands in the early days. So it's not into unless one of those bands made it big. Um, it's not that she would have a lot of money. So Ray either had to have a very lucrative job and has since been, you know, doing 
you know, his major freelance photography is like a side gig and that also makes him money. Or like he's genuinely like a um, an, archi- an architectural photographer um, and that's what he does. But it, it, he's very coded freelance um, with the amount of time he has spent at home. Um, mm-hmm. So he's very co- coded freelance worker and I have a lot of questions. Anyway, point is, is that I love the Dirty Candy song in this. It's, it's a bop. It's a lot of fun. I love Alex dancing along. That's a lot of fun. I love Finally Free as a song. I've got a spark in me and you're a part of me. Uh, lyrical genius. I love it. And it slaps and the harmonies are great and the backing vocals are great and the little look that Reggie and uh, Alex give each other when <laughs> Luke, and, Luke and Julie are getting close kind of being like, I can see what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and very much sort of like that energy. And then also like Ray coming in at the end being like, dude, dude. <laughs> Um, I love, and I also love Julie's little, like, I, I can't go out the front door. And Luke's just like, oh, come on. And, like, pops the window <laughs> open. Like, he's clearly done this a million times, but it's Julie's first time sneaking out. Um, and it also, like, it leads me to the question of if they, can they take, now that they can touch, if they still have the ability to poof in and out of places, can they now take people with them when they poof? They still can't touch, I mean, now that, you mean now that they can touch Julie? Now that they can touch, you know, is that going to be something we're going to try, like, because I feel like they're going to do a lot of weird things next season where, like, they don't know if the touching is temporary. I want a trial and error sequence next season where they like try to figure out what the boundaries are and maybe that gives the writers an excuse to like actually have to write the ghost rules so they start testing boundaries to see how mm-hmm. far they can go. That's a good idea. I mean, I'm, I'm if they do that, then I expect that they will try to poof Julie with them, but I don't think that's gonna work. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't. I, I think I wouldn't work, like but it. But I imagine that like either Reggie or Luke would try it. Like that yeah. feels a very them move. But yeah, so I I love finally free, and it is my number one episode. And I will not be taking questions at this time. <laughs> no questions. I'm not being questioned. I'm respecting. I am like, wow. I wish that were me. That's where I am right jump now. on that train because it's my number one as well. So I'll keep talking hey! about finally free. Before Please. we move on to Please. other episodes, it is the best standalone episode. Like, I feel like if somebody who doesn't watch the whole show will watch that episode, it will get, it will at least at the end be satisfied with it. Because all the stakes that were introduced at first are basically resolved at the end and it still moves the plot forward. So it's pretty satisfying to watch from that perspective, at least based on the analysis I did. Again, I can be wrong, but like, you know, it's pretty solid as a standalone. Out of all the episodes, you know, we were introduced to the fact that Julie's mad at the guys so she's not part of the band and by the end of the episode she's part of the band and she performs like what more can you take in a single episode so it honestly the journey take us it's pretty pretty solid all throughout um it has like we learn about luke's parents and that's sad but like you know that gets her to be back on the band and then we have that cute scene when luke is like how are you you know you why did you decide to uh come back and like I don't know. I, I just, that scene is so soft. I love she it. She drops a um, little cupcake on her mic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he has, and then he has um, the dirty dance, uh, dirty candy performance um, with Alex in it. Like it, it's, it's all throughout. It has a lot of extra points, but also it's pretty solid as a, like as an episode. So yeah, it's my number one. It surprised me. I was not expecting it, but I was like, okay, numbers don't lie. It's number one. It's a solid episode. <laughs> Me, pure emotional conjecture, Angie, math and science. (laughs) I was like, all right. It was such a good thing. Like when I first, maybe I need to rewatch the episode because I didn't realize that it was such a big, cool episode. I don't know. Maybe I'll think about it differently. It's it's a great episode. I love Finally Free. 
I feel like I have to apologize now. And I mean, I actually, I really do not know why it keeps being ranked low, both the song because and the episode. I, I, I really don't know. When you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's totally awesome. But for some reason, it just, I don't know. I, I love it. I really do. And I get all your points and I agree with all your points. But somehow when I make my list, it doesn't come up as one of the high ranking episodes or songs. I don't know why. I apologize. You're forgiven. That's nice. <laughs> Who, who wants to go next? You. Oh, yeah, you should go next. Okay, I want to <laughs> hear it. Okay, mine is Stand Tall. Let me tell you, my love for Stand Tall grew, despite the song not being my favorite. Just so many parallels. My favorite song, my favorite episode parallels the episode that I hate the most, Other Side of Hollywood. They're the same episode, but they're better. You have, let me see my notes. Other, okay, Stand Tall, they get kidnapped again, and then Julie faces the same struggle. But this time, instead of being forced on stage, she chooses to step on stage. And then this is, it just, just feels so good. It's like she, she like grew. Even though she thinks they're gone, she grew as a person. Even in that short moment, she's like, okay, I'm happy, kind of. Even though she was sad, but she was, she had the strength to be able to perform with herself. Because back in the other side of Hollywood episode where she was like, oh, I can't perform without them. Like she was codependent on these boys. But then when it came down to the um, stand tall, she was, she's not, she was like the independent. She became her own person. It's like, just, you know, when you're in a band, you just rely on other people and she's usually alone. And then she does. Oh my God. It's just so great. Like I can't even form like words. It's just her growth between these two episodes just grew so much. And let's not forget about the beautiful hug that we experienced in the beginning of the episode, because hello, hello, that garnered all the points, but just Julie just becoming her own person. It's just beautiful. That's all. Thank you. Yeah, that's solid. All right. All right. <laughs> and um, I, even though, even though I don't like cliffhangers, this one was excusable and I'll allow it. Also, the boys being forced on stage this time rather than, or like forcing, forced into the ghost club rather than like choosing to be there also like softens the blow a little bit. Cause you're not sitting there being like, boys, you have other places to be. Let's fucking go. You're just sitting there going, please get out of this alive yeah. or on, or on, on alive. Unharmed, I guess. <laughs> well, I please get out of it the same way you got into it. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention. It's like the small part. It's like when he, like when uh, Caleb introduces the boys on stage and his voice imitates their instruments, just drives me crazy. It's just so good. It's like when he introduces Alex, he does that voice thingy and he sounds like a drum. And then when he introduces Reggie, his voice gets low like a bass. And then when he does loop, it goes high like a electric guitar. And every time I hear it, I'm like, I just so good. So yeah, it's just so good. Details. Cheyenne Jackson is um. Is everything for what me a, now. What a lad. Yeah, a um, I agree 100%. I also, in that scene where he kind of talks to each of them and he's like, he points out the one thing that like each of them want the most. Kind of, I love that so much. Yes. It's one of my favorite moments. Cause it just really got to the core of like, Luke wants to like connect with people through his music. That's his thing. And Judgy, he wants this like family, that he wants his friends, he wants those relationships. And obviously Alex with Willie, some, you know, it was probably hard for him to find love being gay in like whatever, uh, yeah, being, and then like nice. not. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I forgot what it's was. Being gay in the 90s was less than ideal. Exactly. So, you know, it's I love that scene where um he kind of talks to them. I just, yeah, this is, I think this is my favorite, one of my favorite songs too. I don't know why I love like the big ending thing, 
even if like Harry Potter, like the last book is one of my favorites. I just love it because there's so much action. I watch so much like sci-fi and fantasy stuff that it's just anything that's super fast paced. I actually enjoy because there's just so much action. It's more interesting to me. Um, There were great storylines. I love the ending scene. It was corny. Yes, when they're all hugged, but it was just so adorable. And I loved how she thought they were gone and the way they all acted in the end just shows the wonderful transition from the beginning. And so um, I, even like the last setup of like, I love the fact that it's Nick now just because it will give him a bigger storyline next season. So we finally get to see that. And, you know, the fact that he was kind of talking with Kay and with Julie, maybe that way, like Kay will come into the mix and they'll be friends again. And we'll have that connection. But um, I didn't like the way he looked. I've talked about this before. I don't like the way Nick like swirled yeah. around. You know what's funny? In my head, the episode ends after the hug. So this whole thing with Nick, I forgot. He doesn't exist I, in my head. I, okay, listen, I love it because A, I think Sasha's going to have so much fun acting as it. Yeah. I think I think Sasha's going to have a whole lot of fun acting <clears> with it. And I'm super excited for him to flex because I think he has potential, uh, as I do all of the actors on the show. I'm excited to watch him flex. I think that it's actually perfectly in character for what the fuck Caleb would do. Because I think it's also like a knee-jerk reaction of like, Caleb is trying to figure out how to puppet this body. Because Caleb is, again, like a six foot tall, fully grown ass dude. And he's now been shrunk down to like maybe a five, seven prepubescent teenager. So he's having (laughs) adjustment. So I would, I account the dramatic turn as sort of like him learning how to puppet the body. That's a good point. To me, that that part didn't even happen. Like, I forgot that. You, as soon as Nick is involved, you forget, Layla. For next season. Absolutely not. I, I mean, I love the hug scene, obviously. One of my favorites. Like, the way they, the the way she holds his face. Um, the way that all of, the way that the entire scene is set is so beautiful. But the ending scene, yeah. Also because I feel like something he didn't count for is that Nick is a nice person. Like, I don't think that Caleb was aware that Nick is a nice person. And yeah. I mean, when you, we get scenes where, like, Nick is, like, Caleb or Nick acts, like, mean or, like, badass or something. And everybody around him is, like, you know what would be oh. funny if he tries that he tries acting like me towards Carrie and she just shoots him down so fast. Like Caleb has no idea what he's up against. He's gonna try <laughs> to like, what are you doing? Like Caleb what? is up against two two teenagers with brain cells. <laughs> Carrie has a brain cell. Carrie has her own designated brain cell, and Julie is the boys' collective brain cell. Yeah. <laughs> Underestimating um, teenage girls. Yeah, yeah. Like the boys are easily manipulated. The girls, not so much. I, I think. I think my other favorite thing about Stan Hall is the moment where, like, Julie's, you know, doing her ceremonious, like, thinking they have been gone, sort of speech to the, to the, to the, to the, to the shed, and and Reggie's just like, "You're welcome," and everyone's <laughs> like, "Dude, it had the drama. You guys are it still had the here. Comedy. It had the sadness. It had everything." <laughs> Okay. Like Alex, Alex just pointing out, I told you she was going to come in. Yeah, like it's just, just like we figured you wouldn't be back. We're just like, well, Alex is just like, well, I knew. Alex is the underrated deadpan humor of the show. Chef's kiss, top yep. tier, good kush. Okay, so my number one is was probably also not going to surprise you, but it is Edge of Great, and Lena is going to be mad about it. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I love this episode. I love the song. I love the episode. I, I also, I really like Perfect Harmony, even though I know it's it's something that some people 
don't like as much as some others. I also, I, I don't know. I even like the 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 um, kind of love triangle between between um, Luke, um, Julie, and Nick. I I enjoy it. And I what you said about what M what you said about it earlier um, that it, it forces Julie to realize that um, Nick was only like her her basically her little girl crush, like the, the the popular guy that everybody has a crush on. So you have a crush on him because you don't actually have anybody else to have a crush on it's you have a crush because you have you have to have a crush not because of him and i think that's that, that's portrayed really well and I, I really like um that whole dynamic and i love how jealous lucas in that uh in that episode first when he mocks um when he mocks nick and then later in the in the song when they perform and he's just he looks so confused and hurt and like a kicked puppy just like you said Layla. and i just love it i love it so much yeah. so yeah for me edge of grade is the best episode and that was actually the only one where i was like okay i'm going to have to rank the episodes let's see where do i start I started with Edge of Grey at the beginning and then I figured out the rest. Like that was that was a given for me. I did the same thing, but I was like, I knew Stan Tall was gonna be number one. Any more notes on the ranking or, or take back what Edge I said earlier? Great or should move on. No, no, I want to talk about my list. Uh, I took it back, it's perfect, and um <laughs> I feel bad for dissing it. Okay. Because I just it's great. So basically, we are. We, we I apologize for not uh, for, for finally free, and you apologize for Edge of Great, and we can be friends again. <laughs> Okay. Okay. You can do that. I just couldn't remember. I'm great. Okay. Yeah, and it was the same with me for Finally Free. Yeah, I didn't expect such strong opinions with Finally Free. I, oh, I love Finally Free. Didn't expect it to be such strong opinions. I just I didn't even talk about the tambourine. The tambourine. <laughs> it, it was the tambourine. After like these. I was like, oh my god! I never realized, but finally, Free is actually like so good. I wasn't expecting again. I was expecting Bride. If I was just with my girl reaction, I was like, Bride is gonna be number one. Like I'm gonna do the rest to do the rest, and then like finally, Free came out. I was like, actually, no, we're gonna follow what this is, and we're gonna go with finally, Free as number one because it deserves it. It's a great episode. It has great lyrics. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm glad that like even my like on the fly ranking, uh, because I forgot to prepare because I was just like, <laughs> we were all stressing, and you just pulled up. I IMDb. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's impressive. I'm actually pretty impressed. Yeah, like and then I was like, I'm sitting here like, okay, yeah, no, I stand by this. Like I'm looking at this list now, and I'm like, yeah, no, I stand by this ranking. This is a pretty solid ranking. I love. I miss guys. I miss going to the movies so much now. I love walking out. I saw Wonder Woman, and I walked out like I'm Wonder Woman. And like everything <laughs> I saw, I was like, I can. And then like I got home, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm not Wonder Woman. Yeah, I I'm glad that like the last movie I saw in theaters was like a movie I'm actually happy I got to see in theaters. I got to see Onward at like 10 o'clock at night uh, with a friend of mine, and it was just like such a surreal experience. Because a I love going to the movies really late because there's usually no one there, and it's usually really funny. Um, you don't get the like the weird sensation where you. Like, like go into a theater and it's daylight you come out of the theater and it's just dark oh that's the, uh, the weirdest thing is though when you go into a theater and it's daylight and you come out and it's still daylight that's that that's is, the weirdest yeah. thing for me it's like yeah. no, no time has passed like it's still bright outside when you walk out yeah my but like my favorite thing about like that viewing experience is a i saw it with a friend of mine b there was like two other people like three other people in the theater with us it was like an empty theater three the theater was attached to one of the local malls so you had to trapeze through the mall to get back to the subway station so you were walking in this dead quiet 
giant dead empty mall that was like closed for the night because it was like 11 o'clock at night when we got out and we're just kind of looking around going wow this is freaky (laughs) (laughs) i refuse to pay for movies so i don't do that i think the last movie i watched before before covid was little women oh i refused my professor we were reading that in class he was like oh watch little women because we're reading the book i was like i'm not gonna read the book and i'm not watching the movie and i did not do it i I would like hollywood to stop hiring timothy chalamet that's my my gripe with that movie okay this was nice i would love to see you guys next week (laughs) (laughs) timothy chalamet what did he ever do that's me with thin wolf heart i can't stand the kid they're tight they're clones of the same beat no, Finn Wolfhard is scaled down Timothy Chalamet. I'm glad you said scaled down because put some respect on Timothy's name. Hey, Layla, did I tell you that I have a photo with Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'll send it to the chat later, but I do have a picture with him. I watched that shitty Netflix movie just because he was in it. What was it? The King? The King something something? It was so bad, but I watched it because he was in it. Being a bi woman is to is the conundrum of, oh, to be a man with, sh- with decent cheekbones so women will be attracted to you but also being attracted to men with good cheekbones and that is Timothy Chalamet he deserves the hype he deserves he doesn't though he looks like a malnourished (laughs) he looks like a heroin addict (laughs) oh god he looks like a heroin addict. Oh, oh, the, give me one of your favorite actors so I could just destroy them. And don't compare my man to Finn Wolfhard because that boy, that boy is everywhere for no reason. He, I close my eyes. He's an instrument and is in a band and has talents outside of being an actor. I think Timothy Chalamet's only claim to fame is that he's an NYU grad. Timothy Chalamet deserves the love and respect, okay? That's why he is the way he is. This is not, well, <laughs> not where I saw the end of the podcast. Nope. <laughs> but anyways, uh, maybe we should actually get to... Next to, time to, we to... get a guest, we gotta say, what's your opinions on Timothy Chalamet right now? It's really <laughs> gonna be a new way of betting them. before. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Timothy Chalamet? And do you think he looks like Finn Wolfhart? Because <laughs> he does not. <laughs> he does not. In conclusion, what have we learned from today's exercise? M has no taste. No, I would like the record to show that if we played the tape, you've agreed with 90% of the things I've said today, and it's just this one instance. That's it because you were being fake the whole time. Like, if I knew, <laughs> if I knew. <laughs> Nana is going to change her entire list based on this. I'll go post on Tumblr. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> or Julian the Phantom season two. No! It will happen. <laughs> No! I, I am afraid they cannot afford him. They can't afford <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, that's true. He's worth it. Okay, um, we have a bunch of really nice feedback from Super Kalimi. I'm not sure how to pronounce that on Tumblr. Um, she started off with, with, with sending us an, an ask on Tumblr. Before the year ends, I just want to say I appreciate you guys so much for doing the podcast. You all have no idea how much serotonin I get whenever I open my Spotify and see you episode by the way the christmas christmas doing what you guys are doing can't wait for what you have planned for next year and i was really really moved when i saw that so thank you so much and thank you so um, much and then after i 
I answered her, she replied again with Inga, Angie, Essie and Lila are out there doing God's work and if they're um, and, and if you're a JATP fan and have not yet listened to this podcast what are you doing with your life? Big shout out to these amazing humans so thank, thank you so much you. for that. It's pretty nice and oh yeah right then when when um, Layla when you reblocked it with your with your um, Julian the Phantoms um, blog on Tumblr then they reblocked it she reblocked it again and um, wrote even more nice things in the text because apparently she wanted to show us with all the nice things and basically make us blush the text out did i ever say how much i love the people who make this podcast because i'll say it again love you leila Ju and then it's just a um well the the usual julia the phantoms text so yeah once again thank, thank you so much big shout out to you and thank you for these thank wonderful you. words yeah. and come back thank into you. our inbox and tell us if you uh, like timothy shalom <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And, um, be sure remember that Layla will stop liking you if you do not <laughs> that's the new requirement for guests we also have another feedback from um, the olive kiddo she uh, did an appreciation post for her birthday which was really really cute and tagged us on it um, it's, it, she said Julia and the podcasters you are all so amazing I re-listened to your podcast the other day and, I, and just hearing your voices makes me happy your podcast is one of the only podcasts that I'm able to actually sit down and listen to amazing word, work and that is one so thing I, sweet. Yeah, it is. Aw, thanks. It was, really, it was really cute when I, it was really happy when I saw that you tagged us in that. Cool. Then we actually have one more and I'm still really, really impressed that we got so much feedback and like i'm it, it, it's so amazing i cannot believe that we're now podcasts a podcast that gets feedback <laughs> it's from astro star also on tumblr all three of these were on tumblr um just wanted to give a quick shout out to julia and the podcasters for no reason other than that they are great go listen to their podcast because they are um they are on point with their analysis and they always make me laugh with their tangents if you haven't given them a listen yet what are you um, what are you doing here go so thank you so much for that oh my god really it's nice to know that you know when we say stuff people actually sometimes i forget that this is a podcast like when we're, just, when we're just talking about different stuff they're like oh yeah they make us sound smart about. like i don't i feel like everything we say is stupid yeah no, it's yeah. like wow people actually listen to us why <laughs> why would you do that <laughs> but we appreciate it please don't stop yeah yes. definitely it's amazing and thank you so much for such kind words. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And actually, I haven't told you guys, but I've been trying to, and I did with episode one, I'm going and editing back those episodes just to make it cleaner now that I'm better at it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm lower, like I'm fixing up some like level issues, like volume issues and I'm just editing it out better. Oh, so thank you. Yeah, whenever, like if you all want, whoever is listening to this episode wants to go listen, you can go listen to Wake Up Again because, like, it's not way better. Go listen to Wake Up as soon as we're done. Right, we have a bunch of questions for you, but I'm guessing you know that since up. you listened to the episode Raven. I should have switched them up, but I really like these questions and um, my tweet comes with tweaking. You're okay. fine. Let's go. Okay. Very simple. We'll start easy. First question is How did you get into the show and did you binge it or? Did you take your time watching it? I, so I tripped on it when it was trending on Tumblr that like first day or two. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of cute. This looks kind of cute. I looked at Charlie Gillespie and I'm like, oh, you yes. And then I was like, and then, like I found like, eventually I found it. Cause I was like, it was out of context stuff at first. And I found a post that like finally pitched the show and was like, 
it's a ghost band. And I'm like, I'm always a sucker for uh, quietly supernatural shows. So like things like Being Human and- um, Being Human. Yeah. The US version, right? Um, but I'm always a sucker for like quiet supernatural shows where it's like, this show could be normal if it weren't for this one supernatural element of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was like, okay, like, sure, let's do it. I got into the episode, the first episode and I'm like, I would kill. I've had Luke, I have had Luke for five seconds and if anything happened to him, I would kill everyone in this room and then myself. And then did the same thing for Julie. Um, and then I binged it. Um, and then I watched it like three days later again in a binge. Because like I said, it's really a four hour, you know, decom that just got split into nine parts. So yeah. Amazing. Okay. Second question. Which character are you most like and which one are you least like? I'm, I would like to say I am least like either Nick or Carrie. Um, I don't have, I don't have the self-confidence that Carrie has and I cannot play guitar or lacrosse. (laughs) And I like to think I have a little bit more personality. Um, character I'm most like is probably a tie between Reggie and Luke in that I am usually the, 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 not like the brain cell of the operation, but I am the one who's kind of pushing my friends to do sort of like what I think could be fun for all of us. You just have um, that. In sort of of being like the heart of the operation. And I'm like Reggie in that I am very deeply passionate about Star Wars and have mixed opinions about Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) Amazing. Also, also, Reggie's fashion style is the one that is most aligned with mine in the uh, t-shirts, flannel, and leather jacket combo, and the inability to sit in chairs properly. I mean, and they're trying to tell us he's straight. Yeah, okay. no, Re- every, everyone, everyone in the Phantoms is queer. Luke is bi, Reggie is bi, uh, or no, Luke is pan, Reggie is bi, um, Alex is gay. Exactly, yes. Third question. One thing you would change about season one? One thing I would change about season one is I would, again, I'd probably I'd probably dull down or swap out the Flynn subplot. I, I, I Like I said, I'm glad they got it out of the way early and I'm glad that they like, you know, they kind of had to do something with that. Um, but I probably would have just ditched it. Would have left it on the cutting room floor because I don't think it really adds anything. But And like taking it away isn't detrimental to the series as a whole. I also... Like, there's a lot of stuff that, like, I get that they have to, like, hold back and set up for, like, later seasons and stuff. And so, like, I think that it could be, you know, I think it would have been interesting if we got more context as to what Trevor's been doing in the, you know, the X number of years since, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, also, how the heck did he read Luke's handwriting? Because I had canon Luke's handwriting is awful. That's that's truly his superpower is the ability to Luke, write, read Luke's handwriting. Exactly. <laughs> I'm still thinking about that too. Fourth question. Um, oh, this is also what we might be doing next week. Where would you place Julie Flynn and the guys if they were in Hogwarts houses? Okay, Luke is a Hufflepuff. Flynn is either a Slytherin or a Ravenclaw. Um gut reaction this is also gut reaction willing to hear arguments to the contrary and also like i don't know a super super lot about harry potter but i i will stand by uh flynn either being a ravenclaw or slytherin uh julie julie's probably a gryffindor uh willie's a willie's a gryffindor alex ravenclaw reggie hufflepuff yeah like i said that was like that's like my gut reaction first go i haven't really thought about it and i don't know a whole lot about harry potter so like that was not it was not my diehard fandom when I was a kid. I I'm I'm with you. I just love the sorting of the houses. To me, that's just the 
Such a beautiful concept. Now, if you wanted to ask me who their godly parent is, I can have a lot more opinions about We that. keep that... talking about that. I keep saying. <laughs> it's that... also an episode of Revenge. You gotta do. Okay, okay. I want to ask you because this is going to derail my questions. But t- tell me, go on a small rant about their godly parents. Okay, okay. We won't say anything. We won't say anything, but you would. Because if we do an episode on it, I don't want to share too much. <laughs> but I feel like okay. Alex would be a child of Hermes. I don't know why, but that's the vibe. Like, no, like, Willie's a child of Hermes. Willie's got the more street affable, like, Ooh. aware of, like, he's also a skateboarder whose one, like, afterlife dream is being able to skateboard wherever and travel an entire Add little trip. wings to his skateboard. Guys. He's a traveler. So Willie, Willie is, Willie is the child of Hermes. Uh, there is no if, ands, or buts about it. Luke is a child of Apollo. Julie is either uh, Hebe, which is the goddess of youth, or a, you know, I would give her a muse. I'd give a muse, like I'd make one, I'd make mom, mom, her, mama muse, and she's a child of a muse. So she's more akin to Orpheus in that respect. Uh, Reggie is a high key would think it'd be really entertaining if he were you know kind of off playing off his stereotypes so i'd make him like a kid of a kid of aries um you know with like his parents constantly fighting like i think it'd be really interesting if he has to be the son of a war god i i also play by the rules that i don't give any of like major any characters like like children of the big three unless i think it actually genuinely fits uh flynn's uh daughter of athena um she is she is the brains of the entire entire operation i hate to i hate to play up the whole bitchy child of aphrodite stereotype but i do genuinely think carrie would make a good daughter of aphrodite um and i would put nike as nick's parent the god of goddess of victory Mm -hmm. i keep forgetting about nike that's fair she is she is one of the minor minor ones Except in art, in art, in art and in archaeology, she is one of the really big ones. Yeah, the archaeology major speaking. Yeah, no, no, no. Like she's very important, like art wise. Like I, I took a, I'm in the process of taking a class, and we had to like analyze the the ape sh- the the ape shit video for Beyonce and Jay Z. And one of the things I like took into account was all the art they were posing with and trying to like map. Okay, like who, why are they standing with the art pieces they're standing with? And one of the ones they keep you know focusing on is the headless winged figure of nike um and I, I was like oh yeah as a goddess of victory this entire song is a victory lap and so it makes sense that they're standing there but anyway that's a different tangent and a different different thought process but yeah if i if i had to give them godly parents um those would be those would be probably my choices that was good that was good i i i agree in most the parts okay let's pop over to question five you've been casting in season two uh what's your dream role like what would you be doing if you were like a character in season two okay my so i would be old and i would be a little bit younger but i would also be old enough to be someone that they might have known like it's 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 been it's been a hot minute so i would either want to be one of the few remaining like sunset curve fans like maybe like my mom was really into them and like i had like a really close relationship with my mom and so like i'm one of the remaining fans and i'm like the conspiracy board like they're clearly sunset curve and I'd work at like a music shop. And so like, I, I they can interact with things somewhat. So like, and it's like clear that like when they do, they kind of, you know, it's the typical ghostly things. Um, so I think it would be interesting if I were like running like a music shop and like Julie had to keep coming to like get supplies for the bands. Cause like, yeah, like sure. Like they have, I don't know if there are guitar picks multiply. <laughs> or, like that sort like, I feel like that's not one of the things that like their ghost magic doesn't fully account for is like drumsticks and guitar picks are expensive. 
So like, I, I think that would be like, I want to be like, I don't want to be, I'm too old to be a major role, but I am like, like of an age where I could play a decent sized minor role, you know, that sort of thing. Sort of like Rose is not the only person who remembers who Sunset Curve are, you know, like I want them to be a niche in, like if you're into nineties alt rock, they're a niche indie band that like you get into, you know, they're like Alec is Attic and like River Phoenix. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about how nobody really talks about, like maybe nobody talks about them because they've been dead but there has to be at least one i would be so surprised if there. there isn't like the like the in-universe version of buzzfeed unsolved does a night at the orpheum <laughs> it will be shane and ryan We've i do not want anyone other than shane and ryan okay what's your dream crossover for the show my dream crossover for this show ooh, ooh, ooh. see part of me wants to go really really absurd and go like you know like the mcu or something really dumb like that i mean you could just make a connection and run with it Ooh, like like there's like there's that there's like the really grounded response which would be something like akin in the same genre in the same vein or whatever but I also think that the fact that the show takes place in LA just gives it a lot of a lot of weird weird opportunities and weird possibilities. Let's make it a new girl crossover. New girl. Let's okay. let's have Jess decide. Let's have Jess Day decide that she wants to actually start teaching, you know, like middle schoolers, um, or like high schoolers or whatever, and have her be, you know, <laughs> like listen, listen. New girl has already crossed over with Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, let's just have it so Jess Day is one of is uh is Julie's new English teacher. We would love it. That works. <laughs> That's awesome. She would also buy into the ghost thing immediately. Like, oh, yeah. like, like Nick would be standing there being like, "There's no way they're fucking ghosts." Like, what? I kind of think Nick and Alex would get along pretty great. Nick and Alex would get along like No, no. I want Nick and Luke to get along. I want, because, like, you know, you know that Luke was what Nick was like at that age. <laughs> yeah. Like, parent issues and all. <laughs> um, But, yeah. So, yeah, let's make it a new girl crossover. <laughs> I would love to see it. I would love Works. to see it. Okay, next question is, what's your most favorite theory and your least favorite theory? My most favorite theory is, ooh, um, I'm really a fan of every like, like ways that you, Carrie is going to get redeemed. Like I've read, and I've read a couple of like interesting ones. Like I think that like Carrie being redeemed is like a pretty solid, pretty solid like, you know, fan theory. Um, I'm also a fan of the the like the 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 basically accepted fan in that at least Alex has a kid sister somewhere. Like I like the idea that like out like like that Luke is the only one who is an only child. Alex and Reggie both exude uh multi sibling multi multi child yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I want Reggie to be the youngest of three with like at least one adult adult sister or at least one adult brother who he looked up to. And the fact that like he was out of the house while the parents were fighting was always like a big self esteem and like a really big like sticking point for Reggie, which is why he has so much connection issues. Um, Cause he's like, this was the one person who I was really supposed to be attached to and like really supposed to be, you know, bonded with, but he left when I, when he was given the opportunity sort of thing. My least favorite theory is um, the one is either a, the one that like Mitch, Mitch and Emily clearly heard on said Emily, which I'm like, that's not how the rules work. And um, I think like, it's not even like a least favorite fan theory. It's just, it's less of a theory. And the fact that we are still treating it like a theory kind of seems off, which is the fact that like Rose is, definitely mom yeah that's um, not even a question yeah. in my opinion 
Because there's no other reason to introduce Rose if unless you're going to confirm her as mom. So, like, I'm, I'm pretty, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this is less of a theory and more of a given at this point. The fact that we're still humoring it as a theory is just, like, what we're supposed to do because we have no direct confirmation. Though, if you read between the lines, it's very obvious. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw it at some point that um, in the, on the Netflix Future or the official Julian the Phantoms um, um, YouTube channel, something there where they had the, the clips, that the clip with Rose meeting the boys was actually, it was titled um, Sunset Curve meets Julie's mom. So I think that's as close to official as we get. It's not supposed to be a theory, but I guess people just didn't pick up on it. Like, I, I feel like yeah. it's supposed to be pretty obvious. Yeah, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, look the same for five seconds, but proceed. Look alike. They have to say those. Like I said, I'm not against it. I just think it was one of those things where it's like, this is less of a theory and more of a just like a read between the lines. We're right. I mean, sometimes we forget that this show is for younger people. Yeah. And some some of younger people are reading into things that aren't supposed to be read into. So I'm like, yeah, but it's given to you right there. Okay. Okay. Question eight. So we could get through these questions. Um, What are your expectations for season two? Um, I want more bonding. I want them like actually like the, the stand tall has to mean something, which means they have to actually start getting gigs. I want that to cause a uh, trouble with like Julie's schooling. Uh, Cause Julie has to decide whether she wants to like actually start traveling on the road or whatever, or, you know, stay in school or whatever. And I think that's gonna be a major, major thing that they're gonna have to confront as sort of like, she is still a high schooler. I think uh, I want Flynn to stick around as like the right hand girl. I don't want them to shove aside Flynn. Um, I want Carrie to be brought into the fold in some capacity, and I want Trevor to have some crackpot revenge scheme. I want him to have some sort of revenge scheme that makes absolutely no sense, but we're all going to buy into it because ghost logic. Um, And I want him and Caleb to team up because I think that'd be really funny. Not that I want Trevor to be a villain, but I think it'd be really fun. And I feel like that's ultimately what they're going to do. Okay. Almost final question. Please apologize to Timothy Chalamet. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's um. Did you have a good time today? Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun. I honestly, it's been a hot minute since I've seen the series, and I was just like, I was kind of like, I was like thinking about it. I was walking around the other day, and I'm like, the fact that I'm still thinking about it like this many months later, even in any like the smallest capacity, is proof that like. It's, it's been a good time because like there are a lot of Netflix shows and a lot of shows in general where you like watch through the season and you're just like, yeah, that was, that was good. Uh, I don't have any strong feelings towards it. Like I've seen the entire first season of Sex Education and I'm like, yeah, that was fine. It was well shot and it was like a good ride, but I don't have any strong feelings towards it. And I like don't know if I'll sit through season two. But like with this, I'm still thinking about it this many months later and I'm still thinking like, damn, I would really like if we got a season two. You know, like, and I think that's, that's a lot of fun. And so like doing this was like reminding me like, oh yeah, I love this little show. Um, so yeah, I've had a lot of fun today. And lastly, um, where can they find you if you want to be found? Um, so I have like six Tumblr side, I have like six Tumblr blogs. Um, <laughs> so I have, I have, I have my main, which is with the words all wrong with hyphens in between each word, because I've never met a short URL in my life. And then I have like a writing blog, which is pretty, pretty easy to find, which is a one night story, again, hyphens in between each word, because I've never met a short URL in my life. Um, And then from there, you can find all of my various writing projects in various corners of the internet in which I live. Um, But yeah, those are probably the two major places they can find P um, if they need to. (laughs) Um, I also have a question, which I'm kind of really curious about. How did you find our podcast? 
I found it because I was I was scrolling through Tumblr and I was going through like Julian the Phantom stuff and I was like, oh yeah, that's a that's a cool little podcast. And I think I also follow incorrect uh, Julian the Phantom's quotes. Um, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 and I I think are mutuals <laughs> on that front. So when you posted the 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 notice of like, hey, who wants to be a guest? I was like, sure, I'll throw my hat into the ring. I can say intelligent things about a TV show meant for a a half a generation younger than me, you know? <laughs> well, most of us are way too old for the show, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like, yeah, like I can have intelligent thoughts about this series. As my, I'm, I'm so glad that we're not a, we're not a video because uh, my lighting has been slowly dying as the sun goes down because <laughs> I <laughs> live solely off of sunlight until it gets too dark. <laughs> That's that's the mood. I've been I have sat in rooms before when it's been like pitch black because I haven't moved since all afternoon and the sun has gone down. And my sister is like she went into the like I think she went on the walk and when she came back in the house, I was sitting in the living room, all of the lights were down. I was just on my phone and dark. She was like, What are you doing? Like, yeah, no wonder my eyesight is god awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too lazy to get up and turn on the lights. Yeah, hey, you I- see me, I'm in the dark. Yeah, which is why I have like a set of like string lights that I can plug in directly next to my bed that gives my room enough ambient lighting that I can like kind of move around in it. <laughs> I have string lights, but I will not bother turning them off. That's valid. Well, when when I started recording this podcast, it was already pitch black out, and it's still pitch black out. So time zones. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, time how zones. Late is, wait, how late is it? Are you okay? You need to yeah, it's it's a quarter to eleven. Okay. Quarter to eleven. <laughs> At least yeah. it's not. At least it's not like six in the morning. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. You only have to add six hours to your time. It's not that hard. So thank you so much, Em, for being our uh, guest today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Hell yeah! Had a lot of fun. <laughs> That's good. We did too. Or at least I did. I can't speak for everybody else. No, I had a great time. Yeah, we Especially had a great since time. You, you spoke for, for me the whole time. Oh my like, gosh! <laughs> I just have to say yes. <laughs> If you want to contact us, you can find us on Instagram and Tumblr as Julie and the Podcasters and on Twitter as JATP pod- J-A-T Podcasters. Sorry. You can also email us at julieandthepodcasters at gmail.com or send us a voice message on Anchor. And of course, you can rate and re- review us on iTunes and on any other podcast platform that allows that. We would love to hear from you, no matter if it's questions, feedback, or your thoughts on the show in general or on a specific episode. Tell your friends!